When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome back to another episode of In The Pen. We're back with the offseason on its way. We've still got the World Series to go, but we're going to be diving into the latest reliever news throughout the offseason, try and get us ready for draft season, try and see who's changing places, who's getting those new jobs, get you ready for this coming season. But as always, I'm joined for this episode and all throughout the offseason with Jay Crumpler and Rick Graham. Guys, how you doing? It's good to be back. Yeah, it's you know great to be back and uh, watching, getting ready for the World Series is coming up uh, today. Actually, tonight, uh, as of this podcast being released, Game One. So excited! I think you know, I don't think anyone really expected the Phillies Astros matchup, but I think it's going to be actually really entertaining. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, have to echo those sentiments. The Phillies have been one of the most exciting teams throughout the playoffs. So I'm really pumped to see what Bryce Harper and the rest of those Phillies can do against a, a juggernaut like the Houston Astros. But I'm pumped to be back for this podcast. It's It's been a few weeks, but we're ready to jump back into some reliever talk. Yeah, and I'll be fully, fully, fully not uh, on a very biased service coming World Series. You're listening. To us. Let's go Phillies. The Astros just knocked out my Yankees in a very unentertaining four games. Clearly, the Astros were the better team. I've got nothing but bad things about the Yankees and good things to say about the Astros. But that's for a different podcast on another network other than this one. Like you said, we're going through all the latest reliever news. As Of course, right now, there isn't too much to add for news. Um, it's been a quiet offseason. Our postseason in terms of injuries but what we wanted to start with these what we're gonna be recording once a month now we'll have the latest news for you but for this episode we want to get ready for the offseason we want to start looking ahead to those names are gonna be out on the market those names that could be changing teams in the next couple of weeks and try and get you ready in the mindset of who still retains their fantasy value who's gonna lose fantasy value who's got that under the radar uh, potential to take saves if they if this person goes to a different team. So we'll dive into all the latest impact in terms of that. So I, unless I'm missing anything in the news, is there any, any other news you guys want to talk about? Do we want to, you know, we'll end the show too. We'll give a quick world series prediction, but is there any news from the postseason you guys think should be, we need to address or do we want to just dive right into these free agents? It's hard to uh, take much from the, the playoffs in terms of usage or performance from relievers. So, I would say ignore most of what you see in the in the World Series and in the playoffs right now. So I think it's sort of just stay focused on what happened during the regular season and where these free agents might end up. Mm-hmm. I'd say the only thing maybe to take away, and it's probably for another show, but potentially did Josh Hader do enough this this postseason to kind of push him back up to being a you know a top one, two, three closer coming off draft boards next year. But again, probably something to dissect more down the road. 
Yeah, and I guess the one bit of news is as a Yankee fan that you guys already know and everybody knows Scott F. Ross was left off the postseason mm. roster for the Yankees with a torn UCL. He will be undergoing Tommy John surgery and because of that will likely miss all the 2023 season. He was a good under the radar uh, candidate in terms of saves in New York next season. We'll see what they do in the offseason. Do they spend big on a, one of these free agents? Do they add extra pieces and stick with Clay Holmes? Do they bring back the left-handed reliever whose name I don't want to bring up too many times on this show who didn't want to even show up for a workout. But I, so I appreciate you guys showing up when I, we ask you to. I, I do appreciate that. But so that's the one, I guess, injury that's going to have some impact for next season. But again, we don't know how much of an impact until we see how the Yankees spend their money this offseason. So let's dive right into this reliever crop in terms of free agency we start off with the cream of the crop one of the best relievers if not the best reliever in baseball this past season and that's edwin diaz we know he's going to be fantasy relevant no matter where he goes i don't see any really many uh teams where he can get signed to where he won't have fantasy value so how do you kind of address this going forward just in general and specifically if edwin diaz what kind of a you know, what are you keeping an eye on in terms of him for free agency? I know it's not as much, but yeah, I think he's the one. I, he might be the only one on this list looking through all the free agents that's guaranteed. I mean, he's guaranteed to be closing next year wherever he goes, and I don't think there's not really anywhere. I don't think there's any particular you know ballpark, division, or anything that's going to potentially limit him. Or, you know, make him make you shy away from him when it comes to, you know, drafting him for for fantasy purposes next year. Um, He's definitely I he's probably the best relief pitcher to hit the market. And I don't even know how long I even when, you know, Liam Hendricks, I mean, he's going to he's going to get close to 100, 100 million if he doesn't actually get 100 million. So, yeah, there's, you know. I see the Mets probably trying to retain him, but there's going to be a lot of teams after him, especially given how, how kind of weak I say not, maybe not weak, but it's just a very, there's a lot of good setup options here uh, for free agents, but not, not a ton of closers. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I think it's going to be, like you said, he's going to go, Clothes wherever he ends up, he may get one of the highest reliever contracts, if not the highest contract for reliever. And like I said, he's still 29 years old, so he's got plenty of bullets left in that arm, and he'll be a very interesting, uh, interesting case. So, Rick, I'll turn it over. To, or, me, Jake, I'll turn it over to you for the next guy on this list who had some uh, save viability, and I think he's going to be a more interesting study because he had his ups and downs throughout the season. How do you? What kind of potential do you see for Kenley Jansen on this market? Do you see him? I know it's early. Do, you think, do we think he'll still have some save viability? Or obviously, it depends on where you go, but how do you monitor that? I think he definitely has to go somewhere where he ends up being a closer. I think not only will teams be looking to sign him as a closer, but I think he'll want to go to a team that sees him as a closer. He's one of the best closers of all time. Definitely one of the best of his generation. He's got a ton of saves in his career, um, and that's putting it lightly. I think that you know if he goes to a more analytically inclined team that you know you'll have more confidence in him and and one of those managers that sticks with one with one closer so fantasy wise you'll it, it depends on what 
team he goes with, but I think it would be smart for whatever team signs him and for him to prefer to put him in the closer role. It, I, I think he's going to be good next year. He had his ups and downs, but you can really attribute some of that to his health. He's had his upside ups and downs across the past few seasons as well. We know that he dealt with a velocity decline uh, a few years ago, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with his mechanics and that kind of stuff. So if he can keep that in line, he should be fine. He is getting up there in age. He's, he's 35. This is going to be his age 35 season. So uh, that's, that's pretty much the only thing you're worried about. That's not super old relievers. I feel like can, pitch pretty long and he's not somebody that relies heavily on velocity i did say that like he fell off a little bit because of that decline in velocity but he's had decline in velocity throughout his career he's down to 92.2 miles per hour on average with his cutter back in 2018 that was the same so he used to throw harder and now he doesn't but he's been able to sort of offset that by relying on other pitches like a slider and a sinker and uh, other different looks like that. So I I think no matter where he goes, he's probably going to be put in the closer role or else, you know, a team's wasting their money on, you know, one of the best closers of his generation. And Rick, kind of to add on to that, if if, uh, Kenley Jansen does go, we saw some really strong stuff, a really great back half of the season for Rizal Iglesias after he got straight over to Atlanta. Can you see him just kind of taking over that role in Atlanta? Do you see them kind of spending money on free agency? Or do you think Rizal Iglesias can regain the excitement we had for him coming into the 2022 season? Yeah, I kinda ho- I'm kind of hoping that Jansen ends up somewhere else so it opens up that role for Iglesias because yeah, he was really, really good once he got there. Um and you know, I'm sure some people think it's well because he's in a setup role, not closing games, a little less, little lower leverage, I guess. But I still, still believe in the stuff that you know Iglesias has, and I, given what he's making the next, I think it's three years. I mean, he is getting paid like a closer, so I would imagine that's kind of the the vision the Braves have for for him and. You know, with him and Minter at the back end of the bullpen, they're still pretty, pretty good. And perhaps they add one more piece here, but like, I don't think they need, they're not, they don't, that's not a need for them to go out and spend on an, another reliever. I'm curious too for V, next guy, former Brave kind of transitions, is if he's in the same boat as a Jansen, do we think he still has some bullets left in his arm? And that's Craig Kimbrell. We saw at the end of last season. He got removed from the closer's job for the Dodgers. Do we think that this is the the end for Kimbrel, or do we see him? You know, obviously, like I said, a lot of this depends on where we go. But can he latch on somewhere, or do we think that we've seen the end of him as a not only a high end uh, closer, but just in general, someone we're relying on for saves in fantasy? I think it comes down to where he what he wants to do. I guess, or like where is is what's his you know, goal here? Is it to be, be a closer and close out games or does he want to go, you know, maybe join a contender and pitch in the seventh or possibly, possibly sixth inning for like a really good, you know, good team with a good bullpen. Cause there's certainly, you know, teams where he's shouldn't cost a lot this off season. He's not going to definitely not going to get the contract. He just got, it's probably going to be something, you know, one or two years on probably under 10 million. So there could be a lot of options for him to close as far as, you know, some of these teams that finish the year with, um, I guess, interim closers. But, yeah, I guess it really comes down to to Kimbrell. I mean, the skills 
I wouldn't say the skills are declining, but there's just I, he's not getting he's not able to get the same s- types of swing and misses that he used to have, and it's partially it's mostly a command issue, but you know he's also getting up there in age and. I guess the book's just out on him and hitters aren't aren't you know fooled by him like they once were so he's definitely if he ends up being a closer somewhere he's no almost no matter where he ends up being a closer it's not gonna make me take him in the first half probably of closers he's probably a you know 16 through 30 option but um I wouldn't totally be out on him yet I I you never know if closers, especially there's there was a lot of good clo- a lot of good relievers this year that came from out of nowhere in their late thirties. You know, David Roberts and Daniel Bard. So, wouldn't close the book on Kimbrel just yet, but it's definitely not looking as optimistic as it was heading into last season. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Jake, you got any other differing opinions on that one, or where do you see Kimbrel uh, for 2023? Yeah, I'm not sure where he ends up, but I'm sure somebody sees something in him still because sort of in the same boat as Jansen, he's one of the best closers of his generation. He's obviously lost a lot of what he used to have, and I think a lot of that resides in his fastball. His curveball obviously is not as effective as it used to be, but it's still a pretty solid pitch. The fastball, though, has dropped like two miles per hour since 2018, so he's definitely not what many would consider a flamethrower in today's game, averaging 95.5 miles per hour on his four-seamer. And yeah, like Rick said, he just doesn't get swings and misses anymore. So he sort of relies on getting weak contact and stuff. And with the small sample sizes of relievers, it's really hard to gauge whether or not that strategy is is worthwhile, if, if that strategy is actually effective. So either he's going to have to figure something out, whether that be a, a new pitch or whether that be throwing the ball on his own more. I feel like that that seemed to be a problem with him when he struggled throughout the season is that he was just too afraid to put the ball in the zone, like he lost his confidence or something, which that's another big thing is just maybe he just needs to be the closer somewhere where the the stakes are a lot lower so he can sort of gain mm-hmm. that confidence back and just you know, pump some fastballs in the zone and drop the curveball in the lower part of the zone and, and, you know, get that confidence back. And then maybe he gets traded midseason to a contender. Maybe that's something he talks with the the team he signs with about like, hey, if I like get my stuff together, you got to ship me out to a contender. You got to like put me on the on the wire. Uh, 
come trade deadline season. But he's definitely going to have to make a change of some sort. And I don't know if that's going to be repertoire based, stuff based, or if that's going to be, you know, just a mental thing. That's kind of, I was going to say, that's that's exactly kind of the idea I had too with Kimbrell is the, from a from a, t- a team like I don't know like say the Nationals to look at bringing him in for like a one year deal, you know hopefully maybe the lower state like the yeah lower stakes you know he closes he saves twenty games pitches well and then you can get something for him at the deadline something like that seems like the the most sense for uh for Kimbrel next year. He's a fascinating study in terms of for these relievers. Um, you know, very like you said his case is going to be very interesting because you can almost see some people trying to buy back in just based on track record. But then again, it's, uh, you know, like I said, the skills lost. There's a lot of things that we are not to like about what Kimbrell did last year, but depending on where he goes, you may still end up on your fancy rosters. And the same can be said. Well, if we're talking about these relievers who may have just lost it and be done, I'll we'll bring him up. I don't want to mention too much about him, but Araldis Chapman, <laughs> I think he's full on in the same boat as me with that to me. I don't think he finds himself a a closer's role this coming season. I maybe if I'm like a like same thing, a Washington or another very not as good team or just to try and get some saves there. But from what I saw as a Yankee fan from him and yeah, I, I just I think he's just fully done. Uh, do we see him? having any sort of chance to get a closer role or do we think even worse things with him? Uh, I'd say never say never, but um, yeah, I don't think he'd ever, I don't think there's any real situation where they would just outright hand him a closer the job, but you know, I'm sure he'll get some teams saying, Hey, you know, come here, we'll let you compete for the, for the role. And, that might be enough. That's probably the best he's going to get. So, yeah, like a team like you know Washington, um, whoever Miami, like some of those teams that just don't have a set closer right now. They might, uh, they might be intrigued to bring him in, but I can't imagine any like contending team would want to bring him in right away. Maybe trade for him at the deadline if he has a good first half and shows that he's not being such a pain, I guess. And. <laughs> being a good teammate so i don't know yeah I, I i can't again not someone really to get excited about right now jake you got anything different or he's same same boat i don't know man he's, he's just such a great guy he deserves to be closing <laughs> somewhere no, no i'm joking yeah. um uh he's yeah not somebody that i'm you know super excited to see get some millions of dollars this offseason because I'm, I'm sure somebody still sees some talent in his arm he just doesn't have what he used to have in terms of velocity which has always been his calling card and that's even fallen off to a, a point where he's pretty uh somewhat pedestrian i mean he's 24th in four seam fastball velocity amongst relievers but you know he used to be the best fastball thrower in the in the game and he no longer does that and then you can see that reflected in his uh, production just 
he doesn't throw strikes anymore. He doesn't get strikeouts. He struck out 27% of batters last season and walked 17.5% of them. That's just not really good at all. Um, you can probably get better numbers in those departments from the majority of relievers that are in free agency this year. And if Chapman is looking for somewhat of a higher payday than all those other guys, he may be on the wire for a while, especially with all of his off-the-field shenanigans etc all, all of his controversies from the past he, he might have a tough time finding a, a place to land but i'm sure there's going to be a team out there that either thinks they can bring him back to his former glory or can sort of get him ironed out in you know his his, his personal matters to sort of turn him around somewhat or at least have him just be a respectable reliever but you know i hope that's not for my team <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. Keep him as far away from my team as possible. I've seen enough of it over the past couple of years, and I'm just over and done with it. But we'll stick with um, you know former New York Yankees. I might as well throw this guy out there. We saw David Robertson, you know, save him season with the Chicago Cubs, and he got traded to the Phillies. He was still part of that back end in the bullpen. Has he done enough in your guys' eyes to? earn a similar chance or do you see him going to a more competitive team as more of a setup man role do we think he has any uh you know fervor viability for saves or do we want to or we think he's more likely to end up in a you know setup role i think most likely he he winds up in a setup role depending on i mean i've not sure exactly how many you know closer spots are exactly open at the moment but he seems even though he's he's done it well this year and he's he's really pitched well and you know he's, he's going to be a huge factor in the in the world series i'd imagine but um basically being like the third you know piece in that bullpen that they they rely on so he's 38 that's a factor and you know he doesn't rely on on his velocity that much but still it's you know at some point you know everyone kind of hits their their uh their peak so i think he probably winds up as a setup man on a good you know a playoff contender and you know with the ability to fill in as a closer if if needed but um at this point i'm guessing he would just be playing to kind of just to win to find and try to get another world series chance yeah, I'll agree with that. And it's just in a similar boat. Um, not as old, but older, but someone who was dealing with injuries. The last one who we want to dive into for this particular portion was Fantasy Bible. I'll start with you, Jake. Do you see Taylor Rogers? Um, what do you see with him? I mean, he got traded over to Milwaukee as part of the Josh Hader move. Do you think that he kind of takes back over there? Or what, what do you, you know, where do you expect to, what do you expect from him? You think he finds his way back to a fantasy viability? I think so. I think he's been one of the most underrated relievers over the past few years. And this year didn't really go well after that first amazing couple of months. But I, I think he's a guy who relies on, you know, called strikes. Rick, that's something Rick always mentions. He's a big called strike machine. And so that produ- helps him produce like really good CSW numbers. He actually had the fifth best overall CSW among relievers last year. So he does have some good underlying metrics and he's not super old or anything. He'll be entering his age 32 season. So I, I still think he's got some left in the tank and as we were talking about before we hit record, there's not really many lefty relievers out there to rely on. It's basically him and some 
underperforming older guys like Will Smith, Andrew Chafin, and previous mentioned Chapman and Matt Moore. And I, I think Rodgers is going to be the top guy amongst lefty relievers, and that might just net him a really good contract this offseason because, you know, I think people are going to be super uh, desperate in, in picking up some guy, a southpaw that can be solid out of the bullpen, but I, he's, I think he's a guy who who's better than the numbers that he put up this last season. He's got, he had a 4.76 ERA and that came with a 3.24 X FIP. So uh, just, just from those, those pretty basic numbers, it's pretty easy to tell that he was pretty unlucky. And I think if he's put in the right situation, we, we know he can handle a closer job. So he may not get that, that outright closer job like he had in Minnesota prior to this season and in San Diego uh, this past season. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see where he winds up, but I think he's going to be a pretty key part of whatever bullpen he does end up in because they'll likely be in dire need of a lefty and will likely not have a set closer. But there is the possibility that he goes to like the Dodgers or something who finally move like Bruce Dargratterall into the closer role and then he's sort of just amazing they just know how to use him perfectly but i i think he's going to be very good next season it just obviously role is is what's highly dependent on how viable he's going to be in fantasy it's always worth mentioning too just how many lefty closers actually are i don't know why it always works out this way but we don't see as many of the left-handers teams always look for the lefties just to be that you know left hand Obviously, not as much anymore with the three batter rule, but kind of get the tough lefties out, be the fireman sort of type. We don't see as many in the back end for some reasons. I don't know if any of us really know why it works out this way, but it's definitely more right-handed heavy in terms of closure. There are more righty pitchers in baseball, of course, but uh, we see the lefties kind of teams hesitant to appoint a lefty closer. I've never fully understood why that's the case, but it's something worth monitoring for someone like Taylor Rogers. Rick, do you have anything more you want to add for that or no yeah you're right there's a lot of and i know there's a lot of managers out there who are just like kind of dead set on nope we need we need a righty in that spot um which you know there has been successful left-handed relievers so i don't quite understand but yeah i i also i too like i, I like rogers a lot i especially in this this group of left-handed free agent relievers here there's there's really not a lot to pick from um I feel like Rogers definitely stands apart from the rest um, of the group, and you know, if any, so he's going to be heavily sought after, and I, I could see, you know, those teams, like you mentioned, the Dodgers, definitely. I feel like they're definitely going to be in, um, maybe even the Astros, because uh, mm. you know they don't have a lefty that after this year if Will Smith ends up being a free agent, so. Yeah, I, I feel like th- he's going to have a lot of suitors and he's going to probably get a nice... I feel like he's going to have that contract where we go, he's actually he's making that much right now. Like He's going to be that guy this year. So that does it for me in terms of um, at least the, the main... Uh, we're going to get a little deeper of some of the under-the-radar names. Is there any other like the, the higher-end guys that I, we just overlooked or do we want to just get into some of the under-the-radar names uh, at this point? I think that uh, there's like an in- interesting group of, of these guys with either club options or pl- player options, or mm. you know, Jose Leclerc's got a six million club option. He finished the year great as the Rangers closer, and I feel like six million is makes sense to bring him back. But um, if he if he ends up being a free agent, I feel like he becomes a kind of kind of a very interesting um, second t- 
tier closer option for um, teams in the market because uh, I, I've always been a Leclerc fan. And I think, you know, after I think it was the second half of the year, he was really good after the all-star break. So um, that's someone to keep an eye on. And then you got the guys in San Diego, Martinez and Suarez both have player options. Uh, and they ended up, those two guys ended up being, you know, the Padres two setup guys in the playoffs. So do they, Martinez probably doesn't opt out. He's, he's at 6.5 million. Maybe, maybe he does, but Suarez is at, has a 5 million player, $5 million player option. And he, I think he could at least, you know, get that and probably tack on some years possibly if he were to opt out and, I mean, he, he really, he is absolutely nasty stuff with his changeup, his fastball changeup combination. Right. He, those another, another great, both those guys, great finds for the Padres coming over from, um, was the KBO. I believe they they were pitching in. So yeah, those. Yeah. I think said, those are some interesting names to keep an eye on, especially I do really like that Leclerc call. Actually, that's uh, someone to monitor. We could see, he said, kind of at tier two of like he's got the closer experience. So if you can't get out of the, one of the bigger arms, you know, do you go for that? And, and Jake, we'll we'll toss it over to you for this one. Um, like I said, we covered the guys who have gotten saves. We always see one or two relievers like the Anthony Basses or Dylan Floros, the under the radar reliever that we don't expect to be talking about. Uh, is there anybody on, on in terms of that's going to be out there in the frigid market that we're overlooking that's kind of an under the radar name that has viability in terms of like a, a lower end team who's trying to not splurge as much but try and find their closer on, on a budget definitely i think there's i could say something positive about every single reliever on these lists I, maybe that's because i'm optimistic when it comes to relievers because they can always just have a good season just out of nowhere so you never really know it just depends on you know what kind of situation they, they're put in and how they're feeling that year but I think there's a there's a lot of guys I, I think my eyes are drawn to somebody like Michael Fulmer who is relatively young at going into his age 30 season has shown that he's good in the past he's a former rookie of the year award winner so that, that's a guy that I think is probably going to have lots of interest from from teams whether that be as a setup man on a contender or on like you're talking about on a rebuilding team or or a a middling team that needs a closer I think he could definitely fill that role because we've seen him do it in the past and he actually probably still has some potential left in his arm because he really hasn't been a reliever for that many years so that that's a guy that I'm very interested in we talked a little bit about Corey Knable before the podcast ran because he started out the season as a closer so that that's another guy that we know has closer experience he just sort of needs to be put in the right role and with the right team to get saves and and sort of pick up where he started off the first half of the season before falling off and and out of that Phillies bullpen. So that's an interesting guy. The the guy who I might be most interested in as much as I love like former Mets like Seth Lugo and Trevor May, I really like Rafael Montero. He was really good this season, especially in the first half and he sort of carried it over to the second half. He's been lights out in the postseason. He's somewhat of an unknown name, maybe not for bullpen gurus like the three of us but uh he he's he's got some really good stuff i i obviously being on the astros probably helped him out a little bit to find this this next level but i I think he's shown potential in the past as well he throws pretty hard he's definitely somebody that i'm interested to see where he winds up because i think 
even if he's not outright signed as the closer, if he ends up on a team that doesn't really have a solidified ninth inning job, then I think he could work his way into that pretty quickly if he performs like he did in 2022. I really like the Montero call. If, if neither of you guys mentioned him, he's probably going to would have been someone I brought up, but he was great when throughout the season, he's been very good in the postseason, and during a time when Ryan Presley was out with his injury, the Astros were relying on him heavily in that back end in terms of getting saved. So I could see him as a, you know, earning some looks, kind of in a similar realm, maybe not as high as Jose LeClerc, but a similar realm in terms of a, you know, a tier two sort of reliever where um, he can get some really good save opportunities. Rick, do you have any other uh, kind of under the radar names that we'll be talking about in March during draft season that we don't expect to be talking about, but um, I mean, Jake just kind of took all, all the interesting ones. I, um, but <laughs> those are all the good. No, those are those are all definitely names to keep an eye on. Um, as far as probably not closers, but like when it comes to holds leagues, Pierce Johnson and Tommy Con- Canley Conley, uh, both free agents, both have you know flashed some pretty pretty good ability to to be late inning high leverage relievers in the past and if they depending on where they land they could uh have some value in holds leagues a guy who i I really has i have like no real reason to kind of be interested in based off like any type of metric or anything but carlos estevez is a free agent he's finally going to be able to leave colorado and get to an organization who and there's a lot of work here, but he's, you know, 97 and a half miles per hour on his fastball. So that's something to start with. And then, you know, he's a bit, he's six, seven, two eighty, huge guy, just throws gas. And, you know, I just, I just wonder if he gets into like the right organization who can kind of, you know, help him tweak some things and, you know, maybe fix his slider a little bit to get it more effective. I mean, the spin rates are low. I wonder, you know, that's going to be an issue. Maybe, you know, something he has to kind of get in the lab and tweak, but you know, if he fixes the slider, maybe adds, you know, either fixes his changeup or adds a splitter or something. I feel like he could really be kind of a, an interesting, uh, reliever on the right team. Um, but just definitely not someone to, you know, target or look at right now, just someone to keep an eye on. And, you know, I can, Ken Giles too is still, he, he was really bad this year, but maybe a year removed from, from, uh, Tommy John and can, can help out. He's still only 31. He's going to be 31. So would be interested to see if he could have a nice bounce back year. You know, him and Ian Kennedy were the two I felt like I was always touting on that show, on this show as names to keep an eye <laughs> on. I'm hoping Ian Kennedy got the job. Ken Giles, I was always saying, I'll keep an eye on him in Seattle. He's still going to get there, and it just never worked out. So uh, I'm hoping for, you know, my sake on this show that Ken Giles can find himself a, uh, you know, in the in the closer conversation come come later and come at some point in the season. Yeah, I'm with you. I've always been a Giles guy. Well, it's going to be very interesting. There's a lot of uh, exciting names. I mean, before we wrap it up, Jake, or do you have any? final thoughts in terms of the guys that Rick brought up or uh... I I love the Estevez call I was literally thinking the same exact thing while Rick was saying it just like "Uh, he doesn't look that good but you never know what's caused by either playing in cores or just being in that Rockies organization which has never been known for player development so maybe he just gets out of there and just turns into a monster 
Rick said, he already has a lot of velocity. And so if somebody can add like even another tick on there, he might actually be really good. But yeah, it's not something you want to bet on or bank on at all. And uh, I, I think there's there's a lot of interesting guys out there that it's going to be interesting to see where they end up. Most of them are not going to be fantasy relevant. That's usually how relief pitching goes. There's usually about 30 relief pitchers yeah. that are fantasy relevant if we're lucky, right? Because it's like not every team's going to have just a closer and obviously not just all closers are the only ones fantasy relevant. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where the, the top guy go, top guys go. And then the rest of it is sort of just going to be like, I don't know, for, for the, the real uh, true baseball fans that are sort of just interested in seeing where every single player ends up, what they look like in their new threads, that kind of stuff. So I, I'm going to be excited when uh, free agency finally kicks off at the end of the World Series and see where everyone goes. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we covered it pretty well. And uh, I feel pretty prepared for whatever happens after this uh, exciting World Series this weekend. And I think that transitions us nicely into getting our World Series rec- predictions out on the record. We like to be right or wrong on this show, so let's um we'll wrap it up here. We'll start with you, Rick. Who's winning the World Series? How many games? And as, since we are a reliever show, we'll make it a little fun. Who pitches the last out? Who's on the mound for the final outs of the World Series? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I I know we want. You know, you know, I really do. I really do think the Phillies have a good chance in this. I, I will pick the Phillies because, as long I know, I mean, you really just need Nolan Wheeler to, you know, step up and be themselves. And that lineup is a little bit, you know, the Phillies lineup is deeper than than the Astros lineup, and I think that can create problems for for some of the Astros pitchers. So I'm, I'll take the Phillies. I'll take them in six games, and I'm going to say. Oh, because I don't know. It could be one of three guys who end, who wind up ending the game. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Jose Alvarado against Kyle Tucker or, or uh, Kyle Tucker because there's gonna be there's gonna be a lefty. I'm gonna say he's gonna get Kyle Tucker to ground out to end the game. That's how it's gonna end. Here to hear first. I like it. I like it, Jake. Where are you, where are you landing? So I, I just recorded a podcast yesterday for one of the other websites I write for. And unfortunately, I did choose the Astros. I will be rooting for the Phillies, but I think the Astros are just too well built. They're just such a good all around team that I think they're going to be able to pull through. Uh, I had a bold prediction that they're going to be coming from behind in the series. So I, I do think it's going to be an interesting series, but I think the Astros are just like such a, a well built team from top to bottom that it, it's going to be hard to overcome that. I, uh, I, I think that somebody on the Astros will obviously close it out. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> as much as I would like it to be Ryan Presley, I have a feeling that that final game probably won't be super close. Um, I want to say it's like Hector Neris or something. So somebody that like, people are going to remember is just like, Oh yeah, that guy closed it out, but he was never somebody that we really talked about too much, but yeah, I was sure I'll go Hector Neris. I think it's a pretty big crap shoot <laughs> trying to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, It's a tough one. It's always tough, but we always think, I think back to <laughs> when the Cubs broke their curse, it was, was it Mike, Mark Montgomery, Mike Montgomery won it. Yeah. 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 He got the last out. It's always those random relievers at times who get the last outs. I mean, Sergio Romo was a, was a relevant time, but you look back at some of these world series and it's just like, Oh wow, you got the final out, and I'm wondering if this season could be that. But 
Unfortunately, I will also be taking the Astros. I watching them firsthand against my Yankees. They just looked way too hard to beat. It's going to be great. It's like you said, the only the best way for the Phillies to win the series is you got to win at least two of your Nola and Wheeler starts. You got to have your two aces be your two aces. If you have any sort of struggles there, the back end of that Phillies rotation could have some some issues compared to the back end of the Astros one. So I'll go Astros in seven. I think it's going to be a very exciting series. And uh, I think the, those aces will be aces and make it a lot of fun. I'm actually going to take the guy we kind of just talked about. I'll have a little fun out here. I think Rafael Montero gets the last out of the World Series. Uh, I think Ryan Presley will come in, have to come in like the eighth inning for a, a fireman type situation where they'll have to turn to Montero to finish the game off. And I'll say it's something like a, you know, an Alec Bohm ground out to yeah. Bregman or something to end the series. But it's gonna be it's gonna be extremely exciting. And, you know, as baseball fans, we got the best team in the AL for sure. Against we can't say the best team in the NL, but the hottest team in the NL. And they're, mm-hmm. they're riding a hot streak and I hopefully we get to see Bryce Harper win a World Series, but we may have to wait a little bit longer for that. So that's gonna that's actually going to do it for this episode of In the Pen. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Callan underscore Elslager. You'll find the podcast posted on Nick's Twitter, on Nick's Twitter at Pitcherless. Rick, Jake, give us where you can find us, find your work. What are you guys going to be working on this offseason for, for Pitcherless? Yeah, you can find me at I am Rick Graham on Twitter. And soon, soon to be, I'll have um, some the top 100 reliever rankings for 2023. The early version should be out in the next week or two. Yeah. And uh, me, you can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter. I uh, am going to be pretty active this off season right now. I'm locked into covering the uh, Phillies and White Sox in terms of uh, sleepers and bus. So that'll be coming out at some point in the off season. And I'm sure I'm going to be doing a, a few more things. You'll at least see one or two articles a month from me. So keep on the lookout there at Pitcherless, and, you know, stay tuned into the Pitcherless podcast network as well. We've got tons of great podcasts out here. Yeah. And you already told you you can find me on Twitter. I don't know what I'm doing for this off season yet. I'm sure I'll be coming out with some sort of articles. I want to get into the, uh, keep going with the writing side of it, whether it's ranking sleepers and bus, something like that. I'll be starting working on my own personal ranks throughout the off season. And I'll probably turn that into some sort of article. Uh, maybe reliever centric may not be i don't know i'm still playing it by playing it by ear figuring that out and as always i'll wrap it up as i always do join the pl plus discord if you are interested in talking fantasy baseball with us throughout the off season throughout the world series anything like that it's a great community to watch we've already talked about uh you know the man some of the managerial hidings hirings that have already happened this off season some of the openings a bunch of free agent buzz i'm sure there's gonna be one free agent that people are gonna be loving to know where he's going to go and talking about him off throughout this and trolling me as a New York Yankee fan and the other Yankee fans in our discord. So we'll see how it goes, but great community of people. You go on the pitcherlist.com, click get PL plus and you'll have access to the staff throughout the off season as you make your important keeper decisions and agonize more about fantasy baseball than we probably should be during the off season, but we love it. And that's why we, that's why we're here. So thanks again for tuning into this episode of in the pen. And we will see you soon when we break down some of the latest news from the offseason.